Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. I have good news for you. The worship team preached half a page of one of my notes. So why, are you, why are you so excited about that? You think it's going to be shorter then, right? <laughs> but it's always good when, when, when the Spirit of God is doing the same thing because then you kind of know and, then, and that fills me with excitement and I could, I could even bring it better. Amen? All right, well, here's the quote. You know, I like to start with a quote and, and here's the quote that I, I came across this week. That kind of said something to me. You know how, you know how some people always, uh, you, and you guys probably know somebody that's always um, aware of the negative. Always, they see the devil everywhere. Right? You guys know people like that? Whoa, too many. We need to kill, kill that right away. Stop. And, and, you know, no matter what, you know, the light changes at the wrong time. Or oh, the enemy holding me down. The enemy's... Uh, Right? They see the devil everywhere. The devil is everywhere. And, and, and you know, I, I like to remind people like that, that the devil can be one place at one time. He's not, um, you know, like God that can be everywhere. He, he's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He's not any of those omni words, right? He can only be one place. So do you really think that you are that much of a threat to the enemy that he's showing up to stop your lights? No? All right. Anyway, so here's a quote. The quote comes from Tommy Barnett, and he says, Some people see the devil everywhere. They have a constant awareness of evil, a constant awareness of Satan and demonic influence and evil activity. I believe we need to live in the constant awareness of God. We can choose who's present we're more aware of. I choose God. Amen? We can choose whose presence we're more aware of. I choose God. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a choice, isn't it? We can choose whose presence we're more aware of. And if we choose to see the devil everywhere, we'll see him everywhere. Especially in this world, right? But if we choose to see God everywhere, how many of you know we will see God everywhere? We'll see God at work everywhere. And it's crazy because God will show up in the strangest places. Amen? A few weeks ago, after a prayer night here, and I was with the hangout crew, you know, till late. And we were closing up downstairs, and those of you that were with me knew this was going to come in a sermon one day. Well, here it is. This drunk man comes up to me downstairs as I'm closing the gate. And the moment he opened his mouth, I got tipsy. I was already, whoa. It's like, man, I had two shots already just from talking to the brother. It was powerful. And, and he, you know, he, we're all of the people, you know, my hangout crew is around me and we're closing the gates. And, and for some reason, he picks me. He comes right to me. I'm the only one busy doing something. He comes right to me. And, and he says, um, you know, give me some money. Can I have a, you know, you know, they ask for like $6 now. Nobody asks for a dollar or a quarter anymore. Can I get $16.50? You know, it's like, it's crazy, right? But anyway, so, so I knew the guy's intoxicated out of his mind. There's no way am I going to give you any more money to buy more liquor, right? But here I am on a prayer night. 
here I am in front of these people that have come to a prayer night where I'm Pastor George. And so what, what's the right thing to do? What would Jesus do, right? I had to break out the WWJD thing. I said, I said, okay, so the only thing open on the block is a Chinese restaurant. I said, brother, I'm not going to give you any, any money, but you hungry? Are you hungry? He's like, yeah, I'm hungry. I said, come on, let's go. And so I brought him into the Chinese food place right down the block here, right here. And, and I said, you know, what do you want? He said, sesame chicken with a, you know, he gave me his whole order. With white rice, not fried rice, with no onions and hold the, you know, all of a sudden he got sobered up and he knew exactly what he wanted, right? And so he, he gives me his order and, and you know, I, I put it in and, and I tell the lady, you know, I want, I want you to give this guy a sesame chicken and, and whatever. And, and then as I'm ordering or after, I guess he waited, he was smart, he waited till after I ordered to start picking on me. He, he stands up and he's, he's sitting there, he goes, what happened to you? And, and so I look at him, I says, you know, relax, bro. What, what happened to you? And I said, what do you mean what happened to me? What happened to you to make you a Christian, to make you believe in Christian? I said, wow. I said, how do you know I'm a Christian? He says, I'm not stupid. You think I'm stupid? And he, you know, I mean, he's gone. He's intoxicated. You think I'm stupid? I know. So he knew that we were Christians. Maybe because we was hanging out late because we were in front of a church. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's no signs on the building or anything. But So he tells me, what happened to you to make you a Christian? And, man, that question kind of took me off guard, right? That question kind of shook me a little bit. And, and so I gave him some little, you know, cheesy answer. You know, I, uh, I, I fell in love with God or I met God. Or I said something real quick. I didn't, like, I don't know. I didn't give him the dignity to give him a whole story. But, but that story, that, that question kind of echoed in my head. What happened to you? And then, and then he started getting real belligerent with me, so I, I couldn't continue. Because he was like, you know, yeah, Mr. Perfect. What happened to you, Mr. Perfect? And I said, bro, I just bought you food. Why are you in my face like that? I said, relax. So why, you know, and, and so then I threw everybody that was with me, I threw them out of the pizzeria, cause, I mean, out of the Chinese food place, because I didn't want them to see the pastor having to knock somebody out, because I didn't know where this was going to go, because, I mean, he's really getting real... What happened to you, Mr. Perfect? You know, so I, I might have to hit this guy. I don't want to, but, but I'm not going to, you know, just be pushed around in, in, in this thing. But anyway, that, that event passed, and he was so intoxicated that he really, he really couldn't, you know, he, he wasn't going to understand anything that I'm trying to tell him because he just wanted to keep, like, picking on me for some reason. So I said, all right, let me just get out of here before I lose my testimony with this man. But, um... I knew one day it would come out in a message, and so here it is, a message titled, What Happened to You? Amen? Isn't that a question that we ask all the time? Right? You see somebody with a cast or a bandage, oh, what happened to you? Right? You see somebody with a black eye, you know, what happened to you? And, you know, we change the tone of it, you know. You see, you see somebody, you know, whatever, somebody's going, what happened to you? What happened to you? You know, but it's something that we, that we say all the time. Because inside, we want to know people's story, don't we? It, it, some of us are just nosy. But, but a lot of us, we just, we want to know somebody's story. Because when you know somebody's story, you, you have a different understanding of them, don't you? There's, there's a lady on this block, this poor woman, she is drunk 24-7. You guys know our friend? And when we first came to the church here, you know, she intimidated me because, I mean, she will curse you out every day, every time you pass her. 
She's like, give me money. No. And she'd curse out my children and curse out my wife. And one time she tried to take my hand away. I was with my wife and, and we didn't give her any money. And so she grabs me and she looks at my wife and she tries to take me away from my wife. I was like, this lady ain't that drunk. But, um, so it's, so I, you know, I always had like, and, and one time the worship team had an experience with her. I won't even go into that. She came up here one, but anyway, um, that was interesting. So anyway, this woman always intimidated me. And then one time, someone in the congregation, I don't see her here today, but she knows her and she told me her story. The, the lady lost her son and blames herself and has never been sober again because she has to continually get herself intoxicated to forget that the feeling of it's her fault that she lost her son. So when you know somebody's story, you have compassion for her. I look at her differently now. And I pray that you will too. Tell whoever's calling we're busy. Um, I, I, I look at her differently because, you know, I understand what happened to her. Amen? And so, you know, we've been going through a series here about risking church. And it's been something that I can't get out. I know I finished the series two weeks ago, but I can't get it out of my system. I, you know, risking church. And the whole thing about risking church was creating a place where we can be fully known and still be accepted. And that's something I can't get away from. I'm going to have to say it every week because I want to have a place where we can be fully known and still be accepted. You know what that means? That we can come up here like somebody did today and testify. I used to do this, but God changed me. Amen? And, and you can only do that in a place where you feel safe. Because if you don't feel safe, you're not going to tell anybody that I used to do this. Because then you're scared. Oh, man, when I sit back down, nobody's going to want to hug me when the hug time comes. Nobody's going to look at me differently. People are going to start gossiping. And some people might. But in this place, we want to risk church where we can be fully known and still be accepted. So believe it or not, I have it here in my notes because I want you, if you don't believe it, I, I want you to come read it. What happened here was part of my notes. And what we're going to do to be intentional about building community here, because a lot of us, you know, we hear the word and we're amen, yeah, 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 amen, listen, but we won't do anything about it, right? So I want to be intentional about building community. What we're going to do every Sunday is I'm going to give one person four minutes to come up and tell their story. Amen? I know that shook some of you to the core with fear. I'm not going to force anybody. And, and I'm not going to say, uh, today, you, up, come here. God is good. Right? No, right. I'll help you with it, but we're going to be intentional about it. And because you see, sometimes when we hear how someone else is feeling, it helps us to understand them. Right? And, and it helps us to understand us. And sometimes, just sometimes, we get to see ourselves in other people. Amen? We realize that we aren't alone in that. Someone else felt that way too. I can't tell you how many times after I share a message, somebody comes up to me and says, you too? I thought I was the only one. And I said, amen. If we didn't minister to nobody else today, that person understands that he's the same as the pastor. All of a sudden, he's free to be him. And he's free and he's filled with hope because something God, if God could do, could bring, could bring somebody from a place like that to a place like this, 
God is real. Amen? So sometimes we get to see ourselves in other people. Sometimes, because what happens is the enemy isolates us all the time. And listen, this is important, some of you. I've heard it again and again and again. When you're in your funk, you know what I'm talking about? You're in, your, you're in some stuff. And the, the first thing that you want to do is not be around church people. The first thing that you want to be do is skip Sunday, skip Wednesday. Don't go, don't go to prayer. Don't go to this. Don't go to youth. Don't go to this. Because you're in your funk. And, and you, you, you don't want to. And, and it's an enemy thing. You need to understand that the enemy wants to isolate you. Because when he has you all alone behind a curtain, he's going to tell you, it's just you. It's, it's only you. Nobody else feels that way in church. They got it all together. It's just, you don't even really belong there. You should find another church. You know, you, anybody had those whispers, right? You don't, I mean, don't even go there. I don't even think they like you there. Anybody heard that before? Right? I don't even think they like you there. And then when you're aware of that, when the enemy puts that in your head and then you come in and you, the enemy's already told you, your flesh has already told you, nobody likes you there. And the first time you walk in and pastor didn't say hi to you specifically, right? Oh, it's true. Nobody, they don't even like me there. It's true. It's true. That place is a bunch of hypocrites. I ain't even going to come back to that place. I hate that place. That place is full of it. You know what? Even the pastor, his wife, his sister, his cousin, everybody, they full, they're, they're play. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? You've heard that, right? Be careful when somebody comes to you with those stories. Say, shut them down and find out for yourself if it matters to you. But don't let nobody spew that stuff because it's poison and it's not from God. Amen? So, so sometimes when we hear how God did something for someone else, we can start to believe that he can do it for me. Amen? And understand that this is very risky for me. Whenever, whenever like when Sal starts giving mic to people, I say, oh, Jesus. It's risky for me. It's scary for me. I remember one time, and those of my old youth could remember, we were having youth. We used to sit around in a circle, right? And, and you, Mark remembers, right? Like, you know what the story I'm going. And we sat around the youth, and in, in our old place, you know, their parents used to kind of sit in the back sometimes because they're waiting for their kids to come down from children's church, from whatever, right? Missionettes or whatever. And so for, for a few weeks, there was this man sitting in the back waiting for his daughter to come down. But he had been listening to, to me sharing and pouring out my heart to the young people on Friday nights. And, and he was just kind of feeling it, right? And so one time, he, 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 as the weeks go, he would get closer and closer up to the front. And one time, he just said, um... Excuse me, man. Can I just can I just share something? And I was like, wow, you know, this guy, he he he's excited. You know, he he knows what you guys remember. He knows, you know, what we're going. He knows what I'm trying to do here with these young people, and it's stirring his heart. He's he's obviously a Christian. He's here all the time. He's waiting for his daughter. And so I said, sure, brother. Sure. Oh man, that brother grabbed the mic. And remember, I have everybody in a circle. We always used to make this circle. So he's right here with the kids, just all my young people. And he says, nah, you know, because like what pastor's saying, yo, is effing right? Because sometimes you got to effing, you know, because you got to, your mother, and I'm like, and I froze. And the funniest thing was to watch the kids, the young people's faces, they're going, looking at him and then looking at me. Like, I never seen them so awake in my life. They were just like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And my first instinct, I just wanted to like yoke him. God, just put him out of his misery and pray, pray nobody saw that. Because, I mean, and then, so, but I couldn't. I froze for a second. And then, and then he did, he did the okay. He said, excuse my French. 
Does this look like French France to you? Is this French class? No. There's no excuse for talking like that. You understand? So please understand. I'm going to give you four minutes. Let's make it clear to this week. So when we start next week, you understand. I'm going to give you four minutes. Joe, stand up for a minute. Joe is going to time you. And Joe does not like French. Understand? If you can't tell your story in English, sit down. All right? Sit down. If you need a translator, we'll get one for you. But um, I, I, I just, I really feel like it's something that we need to do because we need to be prepared to tell our story. Amen? Because all through, how many times in your jobs and in your schools and everywhere you go, people ask you, what happened to you? You show up late, what happened to you? Sometimes something as simple as a smile on your face. What happened to you? <laughs> right? A little smile. You go to work smiling. Well, what happened to you? People just want to know. And, and you get that question all the time. And I want us to be prepared to tell our stories. Amen? See, there's a verse in Psalm 137 where God's people are crying out and they're asking, how can I sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And I've, I've wrestled with that verse a lot. I, I come across, I say, one day I'm going to preach on that, but I just, I couldn't get it because um, I, I, it was just for a time like now, I guess. Because, you see, our, our culture has strayed so far from the truth. Can I get an amen with that? We've strayed so far from the truth that, that we have our own form of spirituality, right? right? We're, everybody's spiritual nowadays. Every song is spiritual. Everybody, every, as, as wild and out as they are, there's, there's something spiritual, right? And we have our own form of spirituality because we feel that whatever we feel is right, is right. Right? You understand what I'm saying? We've, we, even in our, in, our, in our legal system, we could fight and have our laws changed. Isn't that something? If we fight and we get enough voters, if we get enough people together, we can fight and change laws. But, but judgment is from God. Right? And, and we can't change God's right and wrong. You, do you understand where, where, I'm, where I'm going? We only, and, and it's funny, guys, I see this on tattoos like once a week. Every rapper probably has one of these. Only God can judge me. Anybody know somebody with that? If you have it on, you don't have to raise your hand. It's all right. I see that tattoo everywhere. Only God can judge me. Well, that's right, son. Only God can judge you. And what rules is he going to judge you by? You, what you think is right or wrong or what he thinks is right or wrong? Amen? See, it, listen, family. It, it, we've been, you know, it's so celebrated. And we think as long as we feel it's okay and it's acceptable, if we want to sleep around, it's okay. And, you know, if we want to, how else are we going to get to know people? And if we feel like getting high and getting drunk or totally wasted on pharmaceuticals, hey, it's all right. It's even celebrated today, isn't it? Right? And, and you know, if we want to have sex with total strangers, hey, that's cool. BET says just cover it up. Wrap it up. Right? That's the great advice the world tells us. Just be safe about it. Everything else is cool. Just be safe about it. And, you know, we have this thing, and, and, and we've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. We've swallowed it, and we believe it. We call it tolerance. We call it relevance. We call it being open-minded. We call it being free-thinking. We call it being progressive. But, family, if it was sin when Jesus walked the earth and called it sin, it's still sin. All right? 
Can we be a progressive, relevant church and still say that sin is sin? Right? I, I don't want you guys to feel comfortable here because there's no pressure. No. I want you to feel comfortable here because God's grace and God's people can love on you. And we can love on each other. We can be fully known and still be accepted. But sin is still sin. And we're still going to preach against sin. Amen? I don't have to accept it because more people are doing it. Right? Back, back in the day, I know my mother and probably her mother and, and her mother generations before, they would tell you, you know, well, everybody's doing it. And so your mom, all right, your grandma would tell you, well, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? This generation would say, yeah, that sounds like fun. Right? It's a, different, it's a different mindset because we've so accepted everything that the world does. We've so accepted that we've, we're singing the world's songs. I, I grabbed some young people in the hallway and I said, you know, what are, what are the popular songs today? And they hit me with, Fat Joe, I'm going to make it rain. That's right, Fat Joe. God says I'm going to make it rain. And it's going to be blessings or cursings. You decide. Amen? And, and they hit me with Chris Brown. Ain't no way I'm going to let you down. That's right, Chris Brown. Ain't no way that God is going to let you down. Amen? And, and, and who was the other guy? Robin Thicke. I'm, I'm lost without you. Can't help myself. Right? That's right, Robin Thicke. Without God, you are lost. Amen? See, we, 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 have to, we have to understand that we can't sing. We have to learn, church, how to sing the Lord's song in a strange land. This home is not our home. If, if we would understand that, this is just, this is not our resting place. We're, we're tied to this world, but we're here for a reason. And, and um, before Jesus laid down his life for us, he prayed for us in John 17. Listen to the prayer that he prayed before us to the Father so that we can have it and we can hear it. He prayed this. He said, I have given and delivered to them your word, and the world has hated them. Because they're not of your world, they don't belong to this world, just as I am not of this world. 15, I do not ask that you will take them out of this world, but that you will keep and protect them from the evil one. They are not of this world, they're not worldly, they don't belong to this world, just as I am not of this world. Look at verse 17, sanctify them, purify them, consecrate them, separate them for yourself. Make them holy by the truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into this world, I also now send them into this world. I believe there's a parallel there. You know, we're in this world and not of this world. And, and I started reading in the Old Testament, there's a, there's a similar example of what happened to God's people, when God's people were taken out of a land and put in a foreign land. And, and I just believe we can get something from there. And the reason that they were taken, it was because of their sin. It was judgment. They were taken out of their, their land of Jerusalem and put into Babylon because of their rebellion, because refusing to worship, because they refused to praise God. And so, and, and, and so God took them to this, to this place, took them from their homes exiled captive prisoners and put them in Babylon and listen to the songs you know psalms are songs right listen to the songs that they were singing psalm 137 listen to the tone of this song I'm going to do it in King James and make it sound Shakespearean. Here we go. Psalm 137. By, by the rivers of Babylon there we sat down yeah we wept when we remembered Zion we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there 
it was there that they carried us away captive, requiring of us a song. And they that wasted us required us amusement, saying, sing us one of those songs of Sion. And they asked, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Lord, let my right hand forget her skill. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Eden and their day of Jerusalem who said, erase it, erase it even to the foundation thereof. Listen, O daughter of Babylon who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Listen to this verse. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy baby's heads, thy little ones against the stones. Now people, I've been mad at people. I've been upset at people. I've wanted revenge, but never have I said, happy will be those that take thy baby's heads and smash them against rocks. Anybody ever been that angry? That's, that's, that's harsh, right? Anybody ever still with me? That's pretty harsh, right? You understand how they're feeling? They're in a foreign land. And, you know, I've never been that angry, but, angry, but let's, let's understand what happened here. God took them from Jerusalem. Jerusalem means city of peace. See, definitions help us understand things, right? So God took them from a city of peace. It means Zion means Zion was the hill on which Jerusalem was, was built. It was a place of elevation. It's referred to as the church, the heavenly city. So God took them from the heavenly city of peace and put them in Babylon. And Babylon means it's the Greek form of Babel. It means confusion. So God took them from a place of peace and put them in a place of confusion. Anybody ever been there? Anybody kind of a resident of confusion right now? Right? Anybody got a condo in confusion? Right? And so sometimes God will take us from a place of peace and put us in a place of confusion. But a lot of times it's our own sin. It's our own, our own rebellion. Listen, church, rebellion... Well, let me, before I get there, listen to what he tells them and what he expects of them. He puts them in a state of confusion, surrounded by their captives, their prisoners. And in Jeremiah 29, this is what the Lord says to them. To all those that I carried into exile from Jerusalem to, to Babylon, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, look at what he tells them with their enemies. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. You understand what that means? He's saying, I'm putting you in your enemy's place, but you need to seek the peace of them. And if they prosper, then you'll prosper. Church, seek the peace of the city. He took them away from their temple. They had no church. Their walls were destroyed. Their temples were destroyed. They had no methods. All of their religion was demolished. demolished. And God says, sing the song of the Lord in a strange land. That feel familiar to anybody? Sing the song of the Lord in a strange land. Listen, you have every excuse not to worship. You have every excuse not to be comfortable. You're in a land of foreign gods where people don't believe or accept what you believe. Anybody ever felt that way here? 
right? At your jobs in this strange land that we're in a place where people don't believe what I believe. It's hard, right? I, I, my heart goes out to young people because I think it's gotten harder and harder and harder. Because we, we're in a strange land where there's no peace and people ridicule what we believe. But church, we need to learn how to sing the Lord's song. Amen? Because look, look what happens here. You think you have it bad. In verse 10, he tells him in Jeremiah 10, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are up, then I'll come to you and I'll fulfill my gracious promise and I'll bring you back. How many like, get encouraged by that? In 70 years, I'll rescue you and I'll bring you back. Does that fill anybody with excitement? How many of you want, how many of you can wait 70 years for relief? Not too many of us will be here, right? But, but God said, so, so think about how hard it is for them at this point. He tells them, you know, in 70 years, but listen, church, rebellion will always take you farther than you wanted to go. You've heard this before. And it will keep you there longer than you wanted to stay. I mean, I'm sure if we gave the mic around now, we'd have tons of testimonies. How rebellion, how when we refuse to serve God, when we refuse to get ourselves in line with God and go against it, we end up so far away. And we end up in a place that we don't want to be. And we have to stay there much longer than we ever wanted to stay. Can I say, can I, can I hear an amen with that? Right? How many times you hear and we know people that made a mistake, chose the wrong crowd, chose the wrong people, and, and just did a bonehead move, and now have seven years to think about it locked up, right? Or now have, you know, five or six years of probation to think about it, to mull it over in their heads, knowing that any wrong little step that they make, they're locked, they're in lockup, Right? Rebellion takes you there. You know, we can jump up and down and scream, that's not fair. But it's our own rebellion that takes us from a piece of, place of peace to confusion. The grace of God says, I'm, I'm not going to leave you there forever. And some of you need to hear that today. I'm not going to leave you there forever. I will return to you again. I'm going to bring you back out of captivity. But until I return, sing, live, worship with your life. Pray and bless those people. Tell your story. Sing the Lord's song in a strange land. And a lot of times the, the verse that comes after this, we all know it. It's, there's been millions of sermons on it. Jeremiah 29, 11, It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future how many of you i saw some of your lips moving you know that verse right but did you know that one through ten we don't hear about the one through ten right the one through ten see we might have heard verse 11 but you can't take one verse from the chapter and enjoy it without understanding the rest of it and verse one through ten says that you might not have done everything right you might not have you might have made some serious mistakes your sin might have you in captivity for years you might hate where you are right now and but perhaps once you you once had peace but now you're in a state of confusion and now you've hung up your harp on a tree You've put aside your instrument and you've struggled and you've let anger and regret and bitterness be your song. I know I'm talking to somebody today. It's time to pray for the peace of the city and it's time to seek the prosperity of your communities and when they prosper, you'll prosper. Look at the ending of that verse. Verse 12, it says, then you'll call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. 
Well, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I'll bring you back from captivity. Family, God has placed us in a strange land, but he's given us a promise. Let's bow our heads a moment. He's placed us in a strange land, but he's given us a promise. God says we are the salt and light of this world. When people see us, they're going to continue to ask, what happened to you? And church, I just, family, I want you to be ready to tell your story. Because some people are dying to hear it. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you right now, Lord God, and I, and I thank you, Lord God, that there's so many stories. There's hidden miracles sitting right in this building, Lord God. There's building, there's, there's miracles in this building, Lord God. There's so many people here, Lord God. We heard just a couple, and we're going to hear every week the changes, the, the things that you've done in people's lives, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that you would start to help us to put together our story. Father, right now, Lord God, you have a story in each and every one that's here. And the world needs to hear it, Lord God. Father, I pray that every time that somebody would ask, what happened to you? That, that we would see it from this point forward, that everyone here would see it as an opportunity to share their story. And that it would be a story of, I once was lost but now I'm found. That it would be a story of, I, I used to be blind, but now I see. I used to be lame, but now, not only do I walk, I dance in the presence of the Lord. Father, for those here that are struggling and, and in a place of confusion today, at this point in their lives, Lord God, and, and, and sometimes we can't even see the sin or the rebellion that got us there. And sometimes God just puts us there. But Father, I pray that you would teach us how to sing the Lord's song in a strange land, Lord. I'm going to ask everyone that's here today. And I don't normally do this, but I'm, I, I really felt, as I was preparing this, I really felt that we needed to do it this way. And I'm going to ask you, I, I want you to, some people have never made a decision. Some people have never made that, that full, outright decision to say, yes, I am a stranger in this land. I don't belong here. I belong, I, you know, God is preparing a place for me. He came for me. He died for me. He, he, he washed me and I'm clean. And you've never made a, an outright confession to say, God, I want you to be Lord of my life. And if you're from here, you know I don't normally do it this way, but I, I want it to happen this way today. I want you to accept. I want you to make a decision today to say, God, I, I don't ever want to forget. I want to remember that on the day there was a sermon preached that was the question was, what happened to you? And on that day, I gave my heart to the Lord fully. If that's you, would you just lift your hands today? No, forget, would you just stand? Would you just stand and you say, God, I, 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 maybe I've never made that decision to make you Lord of my life, but God, today I'm making you Lord of my life.
Would you make that choice today? And if you've done that before, if you've already made a decision, but you've found yourself in a state of confusion, you found yourself in, in a place where you find it so hard to sing the Lord's song, but you're saying, God, teach me, show me, help me to put together my story. Would you stand? You're saying, God, I'm in a place of confusion, but I know that you're my security. Just stand. church would we stand with those that are standing and just gather together and just pray and believe and pray and encourage one another can we just take a few moments before we leave this place to do that today can we just believe and encourage with those that were standing can we just pray with them would you would the, would the ministry team maybe go out or, or as a body can we just kind of pray together Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.